welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. This marks our 37th episode. We thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our last podcast, The Chief Cornerstone. If you still haven't heard it, I encourage you to give it a listen as it is full of importance. I am Sister Noelia, and I want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for a donation because we want the integrity of the Lord's message to remain pure. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com, as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to, the, to our program. You can find us on the Royal Kingdom's podcast here on Podbean, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listening Notes in LA, and our new addition to FM Player. Please download it and share it. Hit the like button, if you will. Encourage others to join to listen to these messages of our Lord. Once again, we thank you for joining us in sharing his great news for our future to learn how we can get there one step at a time with He in our lead, our Almighty God and Savior in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We must never forget all things are made possible by the Lord God Almighty. Through Him, we have the victory. And today marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity Let's begin with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Please, Father, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Please help us not to fall into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We give a special thanks to GospelRiver.com for Jesus is Coming. Praise our King of Kings, for He is coming. Yes, He is. 
Hello again. Today we are going to embark on preparing for the return of our King Yeshua HaMashiach. Are you ready? Are you excited? It's going to be a glorious day, isn't it? Yes, it is. Maybe at this moment, things are not going your way and you are sitting in a place of doubt or in a weakened state. Well, today we're going to come forward from our 33rd podcast. Do you remember the 33rd podcast? It was called The Lord is Coming, But Before He Comes. So if you haven't heard it, please review it before listening to this cast because it lies the foundation for this 37th episode. The preparation needed before King Yeshua's return. In John 6, 27, where Jesus says, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. So we must seek the food that offers everlasting life. We begin by believing in him who our Heavenly Father sent. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, is the bread of life. Have you recognized the living God through Yeshua HaMashiach? Have you opened your heart to the Lord and King Yeshua, Jesus? Have you repented and denounced your evil ways of sin to Him? Have you pledged to sin no more and are following His commandments? If so, what's next? Let's first look at our forefathers for a moment. God Almighty delivered Israel out of Egypt. First, he pressured and threatened Pharaoh to release his people. Pharaoh resisted and faced many levels of destruction, even lost his only son for going to battle with our Most High God Almighty. God Almighty then parted the sea for Israel, even drowned their enemies of Egypt who were pursuing them on chariots and horses in the path of a parted Red Sea. He brought them to a wilderness, Sinai. He gave them manna from heaven. And over the course of weeks and months, the people Israel would become disgruntled with numerous complaints and caused grievances towards God through Moses. God Almighty would oblige them with fowl from heaven. He also appointed Aaron, the older brother of Moses, as the first anointed priest. His descendants, the house of Aaron, constituted the priest in general, although the people Israel would convict him. Aaron was implicated in the sin of his brother at Meribeth and on that account was not permitted to enter the Promised Land. When the tribes arrived at Mount Hor, in the edge of the land of Edmon, at the command of God, Moses led Aaron and his son Eliezer to the top of that mountain. In the sight of all the people, there he stripped Aaron of his priestly garments and put them on Eliezer. And there Aaron died on the top of the mount 
at Mount Hoard at age 126. This event is foretelling even to the event of Yeshua on the cross in Calvary, in the sense of the rejection of his very own people, Israel, and their conviction of Christ our Lord. If you haven't read all the books of Moses in the Bible, I strongly encourage you to, because it lies the foundation of all things to come to pass. Here at this point in the forest of Sinai, and even though the people of Israel received this manna in the forest, they, the adult people, would not see the promised land God promised to their forefathers because of their unchanged characters, their failure to remember with seeing eyes who God Almighty was, who wouldn't veer from their old ways of mistrusting God Almighty. You see, when God Almighty took the people, Israel, out of the land of Egypt, this was a land of enslavement. While they were in that land, they learned to maneuver among their captors. In a sense of how a captured soldier would resign himself to his captors in order to receive food and shelter. Although in the case of the Israel people, they were provided with any kind of fresh foods, meats and fish, etc., to keep them comfortable in exchange for their enslaved labor. This oppression was doable for them, for they were many, like the grains of the sea as God Almighty increased them. But the Pharaoh, the Pharaohs in the latter generations would not remember Joseph, the son of Jacob, who delivered all of Egypt from a seven-year drought and famine. This Pharaoh only viewed the Israel people as a problem to the extent he would order the murder of their firstborn to reduce the population of Israel. This is where our Lord God Almighty had a great issue with Pharaoh and his consul. So on one hand, you have enslavement with a high cost, forced labor, loss of life, etc. On the other side, with God Almighty, you have freedom, but with cycles of detoxification of periods, because where they had been and lived was highly contaminated by these evil rulers in the flesh and spiritual uncleanliness of those rulers by principalities of darkness. Just think about a soldier of war. Once he is released, he may act as if he is still in a captive battle, guarding his resources, taking rations, non-trusting, etc. All senses one might develop by being in captivity for such a long period. However, our Supreme God steps in and saves you, but you are still having withdrawal effects and are drawn to your old captured ways and most of all, choosing not to believe even though you just witnessed a miracle that no human could even dream of delivering. The people of Israel did not want to open their hearts to God Almighty. They were very rebellious, 
could only long for the days when they could have any food or desire they wanted to partake in. But it, of course, did not include God Almighty, nor was it spiritual, clean, in any sense. They were fully corrupted, and the purging just began on Mount Hor with Aaron's death, and they would never see the promised land, promised to their forefathers, but only their offspring would, as God Almighty deemed at this point, because of their desires to rebel and draw up their age-fighting men to return back to Egypt, to their captures, and not to go forward in a battle for the promised land offered to them by God Almighty. How can this matter today, here, in 2021? It fully matters. God has a process, and we, His people who desire Him and trust Him, have gone through a process throughout our ancestors for generations after generations a Persian, like a vessels in the potter's hand. He, God Almighty, shaping our directions, helping us to see where we were rescued from, from a captivity of evil rulers. When we get to the New Testament, God comes to us in the flesh. He comes through Yeshua HaMashiach's birth again, we find many miraculous miracles by his hand in front of many witnesses, his people Israel, the apostles who he chose personally, so many testaments of his healings, guidance, all demonstrations of loving kindness. Remember one thing, Yeshua never complained about the abuses that were directed at him neither by his people Israel, the Pharisees, the government of Rome, or whoever was falsely accusing him. He never spoke out. He stayed silent. Yeshua's conviction would be delivered by his own people Israel, the same bloodlines from the time of Aaron, only a newer generation, but the same stiff necks, the same accusations which would lead to his death on the cross, all witnessed his accusers, his apostles, Roman soldiers, although when he rose in three days from his death, only the true followers who loved him would witness his resurrection, his restored life in the flesh, the restorer of our future. Hallelujah. Bear in mind, it could only be done by one without sin, and Yeshua was that fulfillment ordained by God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think about this. Yeshua will return soon. But with regards to his resurrection, who will see him? All will but only those who remain loyal and set in God by a circumcised heart in God Almighty through the precious blood of Yeshua HaMashiach 
We now believe in his testimony. We now believe in his power, his healing, his blood lives. He is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, without having seen with our own eyes, the Red Sea parted. Christ, the Lord's, the Lord's death and resurrection, we believe. You know why? Because when you repent and surrender to Yeshua HaMashiach, He washes your sins through His blood sacrifice on Calvary. Because He broke the curse over the land. Then He went one more step and filled us with His Holy Spirit, which imprints us with His image, His words, His guidance, His undying love. So we have become the witnesses of Christ the Lord, our King Yeshua. Blessed is our living God. Hallelujah. It is here where we have been purged from sin and have been refined by the very hands of God Almighty. The faith is what sets this generation apart from our ancestors because we have looked back at them to learn how not to be stiff-necked and believe with all our hearts. God is for us. He rescued his people, Israel, and Gentiles alike. But what makes us his is the circumcision of the heart and our willingness to accept his sacrifice for our sins and embracing God as our love and Savior. Hallelujah. Our very love of our life. This is the character in spirit and soul our Heavenly Father is looking for. The willingness to admit when we are wrong and have sinned against Him and being truly, truly remorseful about it. But that opening up of our heart opens us up to His world, God's love. So when is His appointed return? Well... No one has that time because it is for the keeping of our Lord. It is, it is a miraculous wonder. But he has promised his return and he is going to return because we have to look to the science. I would like for you now to turn to Thessalonians and let's review both 1 and 2 today. And we're going to find out how all things must come to pass before our Lord and Savior Yeshua's return. Here in Thessalonians 1, Paul wrote to encourage the Christians in that community with the goal that they would continue to grow in godliness. Paul addressed the Thessalonians, but his instructions apply to all Christians in the body of Christ throughout all ages. Paul knew that the people had been exposed to errant teachings from those in opposition to the way of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, and the grace of God. And Paul also understood that unless the young church continued to mature in its faith, the danger would only increase over time. The purpose behind Thessalonians 1 is multifaceted. Part of Paul's letter was to expose false teachers in the church there. 
They were obviously in it for money and prestige. He was also disputing the false charge that he had left in a hurry because of a charge of hypocrisy that the false teachers had accused him of. Paul's practical instructions and extortions are universally applicable throughout the church's history, even up to today. One of these were for the reason of having godly conduct. They are to live to please God and not men, and their conduct is to be motivated by love for God. Pleasing God is also living a chaste life and avoiding sexual immorality as they are called to be holy just as God is holy. Although living a holy life is not possible by human effort, but by only the power of an indwelling Holy Spirit. Part of living a holy life is to be full of joy, thanksgiving, and to be continually in prayer. Paul also tells his church, and by extension all believers, that they should be in prayer as often as possible and also be giving thanks to God in all situations because God is working all things out for the best. Hallelujah. Paul used himself as an example that he was not lazy and worked to support himself. He was not depending upon others for support and was not a burden to any. Paul worked despite his right to be supported by the church for his ministry, but he would forego this right to be an example to believers. Paul was saying that Christians should not be using other Christians to support them and should be self-supporting as he was. I'm going to pause for just a moment just to explain to you that is one of the really many reasons why Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio never asks for a contribution because we do not want to take a bribe. We do not want to be influenced in any kind of way about the message of God. It's very important to deliver the message in its purity. And I believe this is what Paul was also stating. This is a very controversial topic, but this is our stance. Paul warned those who are idle because they were abandoning their work responsibilities and their lazy and disorderly conduct was hurting the church. They had this disorderly conduct when they were depending on others in the church for support since they believed that the Lord's return was imminent. So this is very important. Um, I've heard a number of times, we're going to rest in God, we're going to wait for God, we get... It's true, we should wait on God's direction, but we should never stay idle. We should be busy in ourselves and continue in the works of God's will for us on this land. So in Thessalonians 1, it states here, We will always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Thessalonians 1 through 5. These are some key statements from Thessalonians. Thessalonians 1 5. Because our gospel came to you 
not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we live among you for your sake. Thessalonians 1, 2, 6 to 7. We are not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Hallelujah. Thessalonians 1, 2, 12, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Thessalonians 3, 13, may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior, comes with all his holy wants. Thessalonians 1, 4, 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified and that you should avoid sexual immorality. Thessalonians 1, 4, 11. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we have told you. Thessalonians 4.13-18 through 18. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be informed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and the, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Hallelujah. Thessalonians 1, 5, 2 to 6. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should be surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Thessalonians 5.9 For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thessalonians 1.5.17-19 Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. So far, brethren, these are very uplifting words of Paul in Thessalonians 1. Please go back and review them. They are very positive. They tell about the Lord's coming. They tell about what we are to expect and what will take place. Now we're going to go over to Thessalonians 2. Here Paul does some corrections to the church, but to clear up their misunderstanding about the imminent return of Jesus. Here he is encouraging the church to be responsible, not too lazy and lay around because Christ is returning. Here is where this is of great importance to the whole body of Christ and we believers individually. In his first letter, he's explaining people who work for the Lord are important to, to followers. But in no way should those workers of Christ our Lord take advantage and earn a salary off the church. This is very controversial. And I, as I stated before, I totally agree with Paul because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did everything without charging us. He took the charge of our sins for us. He taught us his words. Never did he mention money or charge of services. This is something we really must consider. Every day that goes by, we must eat. So we have the responsibility of planning and preparing for those needs with our Heavenly Father. I assure you, you may never go hungry. On the other hand, you have... Hungry souls who are with empty pockets. How can you consider asking them for your support to give them the free word of our living God? Because then there is a charge over those funds. And spiritually speaking, it's done over the souls who desperately need a spiritual healing and spiritual help. A godly help. Another point before we move on. In our last episode, 36, it covers as to why churches shouldn't depend on collecting funds to spread God's word because it corrupts. Some at the top take bribes and it soils the entire message of our living God. Now, at this present moment, the body of Christ is truly needed for many purposes. If each believer in Christ stands up to be counted in the kingdom of heaven, well, brethren, we've got lots of work. So each of us can stand in assistance in our God-given skills to help other saints who are in trouble or need. Those who need a voice to defend our Father's righteousness within our own communities. One of Paul's main missions in both Thessalonians was to throw out false doctrines and falsehoods being placed by the opposers. He also included some stern correction of the false teachers and confronted other members for their disobedient and undisciplined behavior. Paul deals with persecution in the context of false ideas about the Lord's return. 
The Thessalonians' idleness seems to be a concern for Paul because some were quitting their jobs. The extortions that Paul gave were to protect the church from false beliefs concerning the Lord's return. Remember, no one holds the day or time of Yeshua's return. In Matthew 24, 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. We should always thank God and offer supplication without ceasing, because it is very necessary in fighting against our enemies. Paul emphasized prayer for God's power so that they could endure the persecution and enable them to live a life worthy of his calling. But by living worthy lives, they would be glorifying God. The Thessalonians should also be praying and thanksgiving for their calling and giving thanks for their church members. Paul taught them to pray for one another and for an open door for the gospel to go through. Paul is calling for the church to be courageous because we will face lots of shocking events, persecutions, accusations, lawlessness, cold hearts, betrayal. Here we are in Thessalonians 2. These are some key verses. Please turn to Thessalonians 2. Thessalonians 1.3 We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. Thessalonians 1.6 God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. Thessalonians 1.11 with, his, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. Thessalonians 2, 1-3 Concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not, will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction." Thessalonians 2, 7 through 8, For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but at the one who holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Hallelujah. Thessalonians 2.13, but we ought to always thank God for you, brethren, brothers and sisters, loved by God, because God chose you first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in truth. Thessalonians 3.1, as for the other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it is with you. 
Thessalonians 3.6, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings you receive from us. Thessalonians 3.10-11, through 11, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Thessalonians 3.14-15 Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed, yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Okay, Believers in Christ the King, this is a heartfelt message for you today because it's what is needed for this moment and before the return of King Yeshua HaMashiach. We all must get serious about our commitment to God through Christ our Lord and King Yeshua. In doing so, we are preparing for His soon coming. We are readying ourselves for the battle that is right in front of us. We are calling on God's kingdom to act on our behalf, to strengthen us, to prepare our steps, clear our blockages, that nothing or no one can keep us from His mighty love and powerful right hand. Our King is coming, and rest assured, preparing our paths for victory. By our faith, we can leap over walls, and thousands of enemies will fall to every side, as nothing can come against the living God. Praise the Lord, our Father, for He is mighty. He is mighty. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We must stay steadfast and keep our eyes on the living God and resist, resist the enemy. Thank you for listening, and we hope this episode 37 offers strength and support for your preparedness in Christ our Lord. We look forward to seeing you in our next podcast. Thank you to GospelRiver.com for Christ Returneth. Thank you for listening to the Royal Kingdom Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listening Notes, LA, FM Player, and right here on our own, the Royal Kingdom Podcast here on Podbean. God bless you, and may God be with you always, strengthening you and helping you carry to the very end. Amen.